The following is a production of Omnis.tv. Tonight's show, I welcome music guest Lauren Wolf from the Lauren Wolf Band. I also preview Super Bowl 47, the Black Flag reunion, the War on Wings, and this weekend's top movies at the box office. All this and much, much more tonight here on Unsigned. Welcome to Unsigned. My name is Ryan. Hopefully everything is all right with you out there, wherever you may be. Great show this evening. A lot of things we're going to cover. Going to sprinkle a little NBA. Obviously, Super Bowl is several days away now, heading into the weekend on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk a little advertisement and the game and, you know, do a little analysis of the games we didn't get to last week. And uh, we have a great music guest as well. Lauren Wolf from the Lauren Wolf Band is on. You definitely want to stick around for that. That is going to be a good time, so you might as well. back and enjoy the show. Exactly. Hey, this is an interesting story. I don't know. I guess I found it interesting. I hope you find it interesting. The War on Wings. Wait a second. I thought we were having the War on Drugs. No, 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 no. It's the War on Wings. Two storage workers in Georgia are accused of stealing, get this, $65,000 worth of frozen chicken wings at a, a high nationwide demand. Right now, obviously, for chicken wings, the Super Bowl only five days away. Delicious, delicious Super Bowl snack food in, in jeopardy for the Super Bowl? <gasps> Can it be? Well, you can blame Dwayne Patterson, 35 years old, and Ronaldo Jackson, 26, who allegedly used a rental truck uh, on January the 12th to steal 10 warehouse pallets of frozen wings from Nordic Cold Storage. This was in Lawrenceville, Georgia, reported by WSB-TV there. Uh, two allegedly, these two allegedly pulled this heist off in the middle of the day, broad daylight. Jackson reportedly used a forklift to load the wings while Patterson was acting as lookout. They were arrested uh, this past Wednesday and charged with one count each of felony theft. They were later released on bond for around $3,000 each. The wings, however, have not been found. Some would say this is very foul. Foul play was at hand. I mean, these two guys are messing up the weekend of wing eating for all of us, I believe. $65,000 worth of wings. It doesn't tell you how many pounds that equates to you out of the warehouse. I imagine it's quite a a hefty number. You know, I mean, $65,000 worth of chicken. I mean, that's really pushing the salmonella envelope, if you ask me. This is an interesting story. This has been in the news for quite some time now. Ex-NFL cheerleader, also ex-teacher, who pled guilty having sex with a 17-year-old student, is suing, uh, this, allegedly suing a gossip site uh, for running, uh, ruining her reputation, as if it needed any more ruining. Uh, Sarah Jones, 27 years old, insists that she did not give chlamydia or gonorrhea to the entire Cincinnati football team. The gossip site uh, suggests that she did, and now she wants to sue them for over $11 million for insinuating otherwise. This is reported by the Daily Mail. Uh, as This is her quote, which I absolutely love this quote, by the way. As a teacher, with those things on the Internet, that I slept with all the Cincinnati bagels and had two STDs, Jones said in court on this past Wednesday, I didn't want to face my students. No, no, no. You didn't want to face your students. You just wanted to F them is what you were doing. That's like, hey, I don't have gonorrhea, chlamydia. You don't believe me. Come try it. Unbelievable. 
Just, just, just bizarre statement uh, from uh, Sarah Jones, uh, twenty-seven, who uh, likes to have sex with her kids. Um, anything uh, for love, I guess. <laughs> Separate story altogether here. Uh, I, I don't even think Meatloaf would rob Waffle House for love, but apparently this guy, Marcus Baldwin, twenty-two years old of Pensacola, Florida. I tell you what, a lot of our really wacky stories we find come out of the state of Florida. It makes me wonder what is in the water in Florida. Uh, he, this guy allegedly robbed four businesses from November 20th to January 9th in an attempt to get money to pay for his girlfriend's probation fees. I'm going to take a minute and you, you let that sink in. He's robbing stores to pay for his girlfriend's probation fees. This is according to the press register in Pensacola. Now, uh, robberies involved the Waffle House restaurants, of course, and also he robbed, he robbed one kangaroo gas station. As well, so uh, police said the surveillance footage ultimately led them to Baldwin, uh, and after the arrest, he had committed he admitted to committing the crimes to help pay for the cost of his uh, girlfriend's probation fees. Now he faces uh, four counts of armed robbery and six counts of aggravated assault, and is being held on eighty thousand dollar bond, scattered, covered, smothered at the Waffle House. I want my way you know on I mean? like this. I mean, I'm sure his girlfriend's going to wait for him when he gets out of jail, right? I'm guessing that scattered, covered, smothered at Waffle House does not mean the same thing as scattered, covered, smothered as it does in prison. J- just, just a hunch. Heading into music news, I found this story pretty interesting. Black Flag founder Greg Ginn uh, has reformed a version of the iconic hardcore group, and the new album is on hand, and also some live shows are set. Ginn's... Uh, came out with a statement saying, putting uh, finishing touches on a new album with singer Ron Ray's uh, drummer Greg Moore and bassist Dale Nixon. Now, uh, Ginn said he wasn't sure if Nixon was going to play in the live show, so it's still unclear who will play bass at the live gigs. The gigs are actually set up for May 18th in Germany, uh, August 4th uh, at Hevfest in the UK, and August 31st at Muddy Roots Music Festival here in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, which is an interesting place for Black Flag to be playing, but... uh, so we're more to be to come out on this, I'm sure. Now, uh, trivia note: we can credit our producer Mike for this one. Henry Rollins' real name is anyone? Mike? Henry Garfield. Yes, Henry Garfield. So I'm glad we didn't end up with the Garfield band. We ended up with the Rollins band instead. Thank you. Uh, one of Corn's most instantly recognizable music figures is thinking about rejoining the band. Of course, I'm talking about Brian Head Welch, uh, who's known for his seven-string guitar and tuned-down riffs. Uh, It's been nearly a decade since he's been with the band. He exited uh, officially from the band, hasn't played with them since 2005. His last recorded album was in 2004 with them. Now, uh, he, he cited reasons you know, for drug addiction and a lot of other things uh, and finding solace himself. Now, uh, Welch said he's ready to reclaim his position and Corner will rejoin the group for some live dates this year. Now, uh, when asked if he would join them on their new studio album uh, titled Again, he said anything is possible. I'm doing my own thing. He also, uh, Brian Head Welch, also has another side group uh, that he's doing as well, and he's currently on tour with them. So uh, it remains to be seen whether Corn uh, is officially going to get back together. Uh, I think it would be great. I mean, I guess if you're a fan of Corn, uh, you listen to the albums with with Brian, and you listen to the albums without Brian, you could definitely hear uh, that particular sound is missing. 
Moving on with a sad story this evening, a club fire uh, that took place in Santa Maria, Brazil, claimed the lives of 230 people. This nearly 10 years after the tragic 2003 fire, which claimed 100 people uh, at the Station Nightclub in Rhode Island during a Great White Show. This was uh, reported by the Associated Press. Witness stated that a flare of firework lit by the band member uh, actually ended up causing the fire. Now, the investigation is still underway. After the blaze uh, took place, partygoers began to panic while rushing towards the Kiss Nightclub solitary exit. The exit was reportedly uh, blocked by people who had already perished attempting to escape. Many of the deceased were found in the bathroom after it was apparently mistaken for an exit. Very, very sad story here. Now, the band's guitarist... Uh, told a local radio station that he thought the Spudnik machine that is used to create a luminous effect with sparks might have caused the fire. He stated, and I, this, this quote here after, after this particular instance, said, it's harmless. This is the guy who started the fire and killed 230 people. His first words out of his mouth in a statement is titled, it's harmless. We've never had any trouble with it before. When the fire started, the guard passed the fire extinguisher uh, reportedly to the singer, uh, but the fire extinguisher just wasn't working or didn't know how to work it. Uh, at that point, the band actually ended up losing one of its accordion players, 28-year-old uh, Daniel Jaquez. Uh, he died in the incident. The other five band members escaped unharmed. A uh, really tragic story, and when you hear this stuff like this, and um, now I don't, I, I've never been to Brazil, so I don't know how, how things work there, but... Uh, uh, I, I would think that if you're going to be a band, you're going to be lighting some type of pyrotechnics indoors. You, you would think that it would be okay or cleared by the uh, the owner of the establishment, whoever was promoting uh, the venue, uh, to make sure that you know proper procedures are taking place so we can avoid things like this happening. Uh, unfortunately, again, we had this happen in Rhode Island about ten years ago, and to hear this happen in Brazil is a very sad story. But um, I, another, I guess, not necessarily a sad story. It's kind of funny. Um, in a weird sort of way, uh, Tool obviously has been working on a new album, and uh, it was delayed because of a Vespa scooter accident. Uh, a band member uh, of Tool who has not been disclosed actually ended up injuring himself, breaking three ribs and a dislocated shoulder, setting the band's recording uh, writing session process back nine weeks because of the injury. Um, they said, you know, that they're getting back together. The band issued a statement, said, I'm happy to report. The person involved is recovering nicely, so much, in fact, that the writing uh, session has resumed last Monday, January the 21st, despite it being a holiday for many. Maynard James Keenan, the singer of the band, also has a side project, Pussifer, which is set to release its latest EP, which I love the title of this one. It's uh, Donkey Punch of the Night, set to release on February the 19th. So if you're a Tool fan, um, looks like they're going to be set back a little bit with uh, an injury uh, to one of the bandmates. It wasn't the guitarist. He was actually at... The uh, WWE's Royal Rumble uh, reportedly and actually proposed to his girlfriend uh, at the arena during the uh, pay-per-view broadcast. Uh, that's very romantic. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, coming to the unsigned show this evening by way of the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, Lauren Wolf! Hello there. Uh, Lauren Wolf, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> that was quite an introduction. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's, uh, that's our, uh, as many know, that is our unbuffer. Uh, it's uh, my version of the Michael Buffer to get you in in the show tonight. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time out and joining us for a live broadcast. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Now, uh, Lauren, uh, you're part of the, you know, obviously uh, the lead singer of the Lauren Wolf Band. 
Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about your band, and one of the things I've heard about your band that a lot of people talk about is the live shows. Tell me about what you enjoy about being a live show and what people are in store for when they see you play live. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, we kind of, our band uh, thrives on our live shows. So, um, you know, it's like if we haven't done a show for a month or two, we're, we're aching. And right now we're kind of aching because our last show was uh, back in December, December 27th. And so our next show is February 16th. What can they expect? They can expect um, a lot of high energy and a lot of classic rock sound with kind of like a twist of the new. We kind of thrive on our, the four of us having a good chemistry and a, a good uh, kinship with one another. So um, we're just, that's, you know, we, we want to give, give to the audience because, you know, no matter if it's a small audience or a big audience, we give the same show. So Now you mentioned uh, the show in, in uh, about a month ago in Chicago. I believe that was at the House of Blues, right? And you guys actually had to win a battle of the bands to, to get on that bill that way. I understand it. Uh, tell me about uh, that show and that experience in, in an honor to you know, winning uh, and people kind of voting and getting you in to play that gig. Right. Um, yeah, actually it started, it was, I can't remember how long the actual battle, it was an online battle of the bands. It was through Live Nation, which most people in the you know, United States know what it is. And um, so it was actually through Live Nation and Mamba the Candy, if you can believe it. And it was about 125 to 150 bands online and we won our fans and uh, pulled through for us. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but actually we happened to be disqualified the first time around. <laughs> something uh-huh. really silly that we got called on. We didn't even think about it. Obviously, Live Nation didn't think too much of it either. And ma- they, we made it come back with a different video because it was uh, voting on your on a, a music video. So it came back, and within like two or three days, our fans had us back in first place. Um, so it was quite actually a, a true battle. We didn't realize how much a battle was really going to be. We ended up winning and yeah, it got us onto the house of blues stage and the show at house of blues was, was incredible. Awesome. Now, do you remember uh, what the technicality was? If you don't mind me asking? Well, actually, no, you can ask. Um, our manager, um, actually runs a, also is a, is a movie critic also. And so for a lot of our shows, we will promote things or we'll give like, you know, say, hey, come to our shows and we'll do like a big mailing. Like you can also get free movie tickets or, you know, we do a lot of promotion this way. So when we did it, we were like, I can't remember exactly what it was, to be honest. But we had said like, you know, we're giving free movie tickets away, vote, whatever. But we didn't think of it because it was we don't ever get anything in return. We don't get any money or anything. So we didn't think of it as like. Not, I don't even want to use the word bribe or anything, but um, so basically they took us out because someone who was not very nice at the time called us on it. <laughs> not wow, a, an opposing person, let's say. And it, it was maybe, honestly, like we don't even know, maybe 20 votes out of our like hundreds and thousands of votes, okay? But we said, cool, no problem. It was an oversight and we came back and we won it, obviously, fair and square. And, you know, Live Nation saw that we were good people and, you know. So that was it. I mean, but the show, it ended up being, it was a great experience in the end. So very cool. That literally was a battle for you. No doubt. Uh, (laughs) now, uh, you know, obviously, you know, talking about the, you know, the live show and the high energy, do you have any, uh, live show, uh, you know, pre live show rituals that you do or any stage prep stuff you do before you actually get on stage in front of an audience? Uh, you know, I really don't have too many, um, 
what I actually do do is go over a lot of the lyrics in my head because my I'm known to my band, maybe not to the audience, but to my band, that at least one song of the show, I mess up or screw up the lyrics <laughs> or something drops or something. So I'll do that, but I don't, I'm not a vocalist and I hate to say this, that does a lot of like vocal warmups and especially me coming from, you know, a musical theater background from a while ago. I, I don't do a lot of vocal. I, I might just sing the songs, but I don't do a lot of crazy warmups or anything. You don't like, you're not like la 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 in the background or anything doing any crazy stuff no, like that? No, you know, I feel like the raspier, the better. So there you <laughs> go. All right. On. <laughs> Very cool. Now, um, another thing, you know, your live shows, obviously you're working on trying to get, uh, and we're going to talk about this uh, live show that you're trying to, to get a, hard, a part of right now is playing, opening up for Eric Clapton. We're going to talk about that a little later if you want to touch on it now. But um, also, do you guys have any uh, touring information or any other live shows lined up? Yeah, sure. Um, the, our next tour date is um, going to be in South Haven, Michigan at a place called Black River Tavern, uh, February 16th, so right after Valentine's Day. So grab your little honey and come on over. I actually believe I believe it's a free show, and we're playing all night. I think we're playing for three hours. So uh, we'll be in South Haven, Michigan on February 16th, and then we'll be back in Chicago um, February 22nd at a cool place called Subterranean and our friend's I don't know if you guys know the band Molehill. Um, they were actually, speaking of contests, they were the Hard Rock Rising um, winners in Chicago last year. So we'll be playing with them and a couple other bands at Subterranean on February 22nd out here. Very cool. Now, a three-hour three set, that's a lot of music. Uh, is there any, yeah. uh, do you guys bust out any covers at all during that time? Oh, yeah. I'll, you know, when we do covers, a lot of times we don't do a lot of known covers or something obscure. That's something that sounds like us. But even for a three-hour set, just because it's so vocally challenging on me and we do a lot of sure. challenging music, even just our originals. And, uh, you know, Patrick, our guitarist, will even pull out some, you know, Jimi Hendrix and stuff. Uh, do you, is there any uh, covers that you care to share that you may be playing during that gig at all or any obscure ones that uh, people might be uh, interested in? You know what? I, I'm trying to think um, anything obscure. Well, we do, you know, we, it's not that obscure, but we do uh, tend to cover, um, I'm sure you guys know Susan Tedeschi. So we'll cover some of her stuff if we have like a longer show. Uh, do you guys know Susan Tedeschi? Uh, I, I don't know her. I mean, I, I know of her music, but I, yeah. I can't say I'm overly uh, familiar with it. Yeah. So we'll do stuff like that. Uh, blues, but you know, Patrick will pull out the more classic rock stuff that is more familiar or we'll even do, obviously we'll do some Janis Joplin. Uh, we're known to do that. And, um, we might even, you know, uh, we have a, a brand new song that we, we just played for the first time at the house of blues. And, um, we, uh, we put it with, uh, uh, dream on Aerosmith too. And we kind of surprised everybody. We don't usually do that well-known covers, but we did pull it with Dream On and surprise the audience at House of Blues. So, very cool. Sounds like it sounds like it was a great show. Now, uh, I know you, you, we're going to get into the second segment here a little bit about you guys' uh, recording process in the second album. Now, this song uh, "Bounce Back," which is a rough, which is a really a rough live take, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to play it because it kind of shows off you guys' uh, ability live. And again, this is a rough take that you guys recorded, um, which is titled "Bounce Back." Talk, yeah. talk to me about this particular track. Um, actually, this is um, one that. Our manager, Adam, had written a poem about. This is interesting. And I liked it so much that I took it um, and I and I, Patrick and I came up with some new lyrics because the poem didn't exactly fit 
um, for exactly perfectly for a song. So Patrick and I rewrote the melody and, and lyrics. And actually, what's interesting about this song was when we were disqualified for the first time for that contest, for the Live Nation contest, we used Bounce Back that we had as our bounce back comeback song and um so it actually worked in our favor so it wasn't really obviously written for the contest but we used it for like our little campaign our bounce back campaign and it helped us so um but it was actually just about a a time in my life uh, about just coming back stronger and it's pretty much self-explanatory unfortunately we don't have patrick in the backup vocals on this on this take or anything but you can get the gist Right on. Well, uh, I think if, if it's kind of a small taste of, I think, of what's to come for your band. And uh, let's take a look at it now. This is Bounce Back uh, with the Lauren Wolf Band here on Unsigned.
bounce back by the Lauren Wolf Band here on Unsigned, talking with Lauren Wolf from the band. Now, uh, Lauren, uh, I'm curious about how the band got started and formed and the origins of the band. Um, actually, that's a good question. Um, the band actually started because I won a contest back in 2009 in Chicago. I don't know if you guys know that or not, um, but it was called Road to Fame. So I was flown. I won the contest. It was like a six-week American Idol contest. So I, I was flown out to LA and I, I met my friend Rob Christie who used to work for Capitol Records for 15 years. And um, we ended up taking, a, you know, liking to each other. And within like six months, I was back in LA with some collaboration of, you know, songwriting. Um, and I was back in LA and I recorded an album out there. So when I came back, I was getting gigs, but really didn't have a Chicago band. So Rob came here. We had like about two days of auditions and um I had a band. However, now since then, Patrick, uh, the guitarist and backup vocals and also who writes the music with me now, he's the only one from the beginning who's, who stayed. So he's the original guitarist. But now we have um, Bill Marzano on bass and uh, Mervyn Demelik, who's actually from the Philippines, which is cool. And he's on the drums and he also does backup vocals. So now, you know, we're a tight knit group, but so this will be the permanent group. However, uh, we've gone through a few transitions since then, but Patrick has been there since the beginning. Gotcha. Now, uh, have you found it difficult, um, you know, when you're, you know, losing a member and gaining a member, has that been a challenge for you guys as far as, you know, writing the first album, you know, heading into, you know, I'm now writing the, the second CD. Um, well now, because, you know, Patrick didn't write on the first CD, you know, now we've, you know, obviously put our own twist on things from the first CD, but, um, now it's, it's actually a lot, you know, easier and it's more about a group process and about this band as opposed to the first album was a little bit more about me, you know, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but unfortunately for this band you know you know came into it so it was a little bit more difficult first but they've they adapted you know to that first album and now this is all Patrick and I pretty much write the music and actually like I said Adam Fendelman who's our manager kind of helps with the lyrics sometimes um, not all the time but a couple of our new songs on um like I said bounce back and and home to me and uh, and then we take them into Bill and Mervin and you know they finish off polishing off the songs Okay, now uh, the first album, All My Secrets, you know, with that, you know, change you just talked about, moving into where you are now, uh, working with, you know, really kind of having a tight knit group now in, into the writing process. Um, is it still that particular setup where you know you're kind of doing majority of the writing, or is it uh, kind of had a little more synergy now, where you have a little bit more, a uh, little more, uh, I guess, sharing and, and influence from others. Oh, well, definitely this is more sharing because, I mean, in the first album, um, I collaborated and most of it was actually written by a songwriter. Uh, her name is Jessica Fogel. She actually lives in Michigan now, but she, I knew her from, you know, uh, past stuff I had done, actually mostly musical theater. And so her and I collaborated in the first one. So this one is actually almost all me and Patrick and Adam. And then, again, like the finishing touches are mostly Mervyn and, and Bill, and we take it. But so, you know, Patrick and I have just kind of found this, the groove we have either I'll come up with a whole song and I'll take it to him and he'll put the actual, you know, uh, music down to it. Or, um, or he'll even come up with some of the tunes like, uh, the night the sound went out is our first duet together. We'd never, he's done most of the backup. Now he's got a major vocal part in the night the sound went out. And so he actually wrote most of the tune for that one. So that was his 
uh, when he had the most hands on um, with. So, yeah. So, but no, it's been good. Right now we have about, we're about six songs in and we're hoping to get about six more and hoping to record in, in the summer. Very nice. Now, uh, obviously, you know, planning on heading into the studio in the summer, uh, are you guys, I, I don't know if you, obviously probably not in a rush, but I mean, uh, are you trying to get this out before the end of the year? Or you're looking maybe at a early, uh, 2014 release. Oh, we're hoping to get it out before, before the end of the year. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> probably like, is she crazy? But, um, yeah, actually this past weekend we were just, um, Patrick actually has a whole like recording set up at his house. It's not where we haven't decided where we're going to record our second album, but, um, we just did a, a demo so we could get all the new music, you know, sounding good and see where we're at at this, at this point. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm hoping by even the end of the summer, early, you know, early fall. So. Very cool. Now, uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to hear some songs off the first album tonight, and we'll get into this next track tonight, which is You Are. And yeah. uh, your, guys, your rhythm section, the guitar work, I mean, your vocals are really great. Uh, people are going to hear that tonight, and I can imagine on the new stuff that you guys are going to work on this year uh, is going to be equally, if not better. Um I'm kind of curious, what were your musical influences? I know you have a theater background. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of your early musical influences, musically and even vocally? Um, well, it's funny. I have like a really diverse background just because I, I was raised on R&B, actually. My dad, for a short time, was in the music business with Earth, Wind & Fire and stuff. So that was my just very brief time, and I, don't, I barely even remember it. So, but... Um, and then, so a lot of R&B, like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, um, you know, pop R&B. And then, but as I got a little older, that's when I really started getting into Janis Joplin and the Beatles and the Stones. And so, um, yeah, so I had that. And then, I, you know, ironically, I was because of musical theater. I also had that Barbara Streisand and Bette Midler influence too. So, I mean... People have actually said that to me before, that I was like a mix between Janis Joplin and Bette Midler, which could not be like any more bizarre. But I mean, I guess it's not that bizarre considering I guess she played Janis Joplin loosely in The Rose, right? So Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 those are two very powerful voices. And, and again, I, the songs you're going to hear tonight, uh, the rest of the songs you're going to hear tonight definitely show off, uh, I think, your vocal range. Uh, what music do you listen to like you know nowadays, like you know, when you're just kind of – Hanging out, or you know, in your daily daily life, is there a, what's on your uh, what's on your car playing right now, or on your iPad or, or iPhone? Um, well, as far as like the more like mainstream, I do like the Black Keys a lot, um, and uh, you know, we're, we're I wouldn't say we're similar to them, but we kind of have that rock blues vibe. And then um, I like Grace Potter and the Nocturnals a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you guys are familiar with her. She's somewhat because she's pretty mainstream, right? You guys know her, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I would say that she's, yeah, you know, pretty pretty well known. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty well known. And then um, who else do I like right now? And I like the Susan Tedeschi, someone a little less known. Actually, I saw in Chicago last year, and I don't know why she's actually not more known. Her name is Danelia Cotton. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her. I, I believe she's out of New York, but she is. She's incredible. Uh, she's like the female. Lenny Kravitz, uh, or like mixed with Jimi Hendrix. And also speaking of which, I like Gary Clark Jr. We saw him at Lollapalooza last year. Um, he's fantastic. And, um, I mean, that's, I mean, there's so many, I could go on and on. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm the same way. There's just so many artists out there now, and uh, the the access to different types of music and musicians is unbelievable as compared to what it was 10 years ago. Um, yeah. What I want to let's say, well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and do another segment here if that's cool with you. Uh, the next track here uh, we have tonight is "You Are," uh, and this is uh, another track I think that you know shows off your your vocal power and really a powerful song lyrically too. Uh, talk to me about this track. This was uh, a song actually written for a friend of mine, um, and I never like to say anybody's name on the air or anything, but um, it's actually, we're still good friends, and um, it's just, it's a fun, you know, 12-bar blues, uh, but it's got a fun, I guess, catchy chorus and stuff, so, um, but no, it was written by a, a friend of mine at a time, and uh and but yeah, it, it's kind of. I think again, the lyrics are sort of, sort of self-explanatory. But uh, yeah, that's it. This is you are. <laughs> right on. Here we go. You are here on Unsigned with Lauren Lauren Wolfman. You are here. You are there. You are everywhere to me. You are up. You are down. You are even. You are hot, you are cold, your silence floating at my door You are one, you are all, you are knocking in my head at night You are lost, you are found, you are constantly in silent mode Even here, you are here, even though you're
you need. No, 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 no. You are the Lauren Wolf Band here on Unsigned, hanging out with Lauren Wolf. And uh, Lauren, uh, hey, thanks for hanging out with us again this evening. Appreciate you taking the time out as we head into our third segment tonight. Uh, now, you mentioned off here you had a, a funny story uh, you wanted to bring up. Is that true? Oh, we were just, you guys were just playing You Are, so it reminded me of something funny. We did, uh, um, you know, Lollapalooza in Chicago every summer, and we got asked to play the Lollapalooza after party at the Hard Rock Cafe in Chicago. And... Well, we had also, most of the band had gone to Lollapalooza all day, and we were a little bit tired, and maybe we had a couple drinks, and we had started the song. I can't tell you how many times we've done You Are Live. Well, something happened. I don't know what happened, but this is the only time it's ever happened. And, I mean, it wasn't even the right key. We all looked at each other, and it took us about, it took us what it felt like forever to get into the right key, into the right rhythm, and I kept singing the same lyrics over and over, and I'm not even sure if I ever got the right key in that song. But since then, I've been so scared that we've barely done that song <laughs> since the summer. <laughs> we all looked at each other, and I remember Adam, our manager, and the audience, like looking so uncomfortable. I'm not sure if like everyone else knew what was going on, but we just could not get it together. We all looked terrified. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Uh, thank you for sharing that story with us tonight. Now, uh, I got to ask you: You're a busy woman. You got the band, you know, in everyday life. Um, what do you What do you do in your free time when you know when you're not writing, and making music, and and doing your daily stuff? Um, you know, what do you do to you know kind of unwind and, and step away? Right. Well, I wish I stepped away a little bit more because I pretty much do a lot of the business side. I I feel like I'm on my computer all the time, but. Um, since you asked, I also am a mom of an eight-year-old little girl, so that takes up a lot of my time. Um, I also like to go see other people play live music because um, I like to support other local bands around town. I like to go see movies or watch movies at home. Right now, I'm obsessed with watching, yes, I know it's off the air, but watching the last season of House. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so, you I mean, mentioned... Yeah. No, good. sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, you, you mentioned going to the movies. Uh, what's the last movie you saw in theater? What is the last movie I saw in theater? That's a good question. Huh. What is the last one I saw in the movie theater? Hmm. I'm trying to think what it was. I know I just saw Quartet, but that was on DVD. I'm trying to think. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I can't remember the last one I saw in the actual movie theater. Hmm. I've seen a lot of DVDs. <laughs> I sound so in- uninteresting right now, but I no, was, no, it's your fun. <laughs> uh, do, do you have no, a? I saw. Um, I saw Argo. Maybe I think maybe Argo. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. No, I heard. I haven't had a chance to see that movie yet. I heard it was very good. Um, yeah, it's very good. Do you have a? Do you have a like a a top list of movies? You know that that you like movies that you can watch. You know, two three times. You know, in, in a course of a year. Like, Anything with Jack Black. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Brides, I can watch Bridesmaids over and over. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, I love, you know what? There's so much serious going on in the world. I, I could watch good comedies over and over. Now, I, I, I dig uh, Bridesmaids. That That is like... Uh... <laughs> I, I I don't know if, if I, I've seen the movie and uh, I don't know if anyone out there. I imagine a lot of people have seen it. That movie is uh, I, how I would picture, I, I guess, how you would picture it 
you know, at least some of it anyway, as far as how the bridesmaids would be in certain scenarios. Oh, my God. That movie to me is so funny. What's that girl's name? She's the, I want to say the heavier set girl. I hate to say that. I think Megan may be her real name. Um, and I, I want her and Jack Black to be like a romantic couple in a, in a movie. <laughs> and I think it would be the perfect marriage of a movie. <laughs> Shallow Hal 2. What did you say? Shallow Hal 2 is what the, the, the <laughs> you know it was another good movie that was not a comedy at all was uh the impossible did you guys know about that movie no i don't, I don't believe i've seen that no the impossible um I don't know, it's about uh the tsunami uh back uh a few ah. years you know from thailand when that yes. all happened it's a true story it's i mean it's it's very heavy but it's it's a beautiful movie so that's another right. one to look for yeah, I'll, have to, I'll definitely have to uh, put that on the uh, the old Netflix queue there and check that out. Now, kind of kind of switching gears on you a little bit here, Lauren. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier in the interview about your your opportunity to uh, for your you and your band to open up for Eric Clapton. Um, tell tell us a little bit more about that particular contest that you guys are involved with now to try to get in on that bill. Right. Well, you know, I swore after the last contest, even though it obviously turned out in our favor and, uh, you know, we won a bunch of great prizes, including playing the house of blues, you know, my guys came to me and like, how about this contest? We could have a chance to open up for Eric Clapton on the crossroads tour at Madison square garden. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So good news is of course our fans are awesome. And we're right now, I think we're in the top 60 of hundreds of bands in actually in the world. It's not just, this one isn't just national, this is international. I think right now we're at about 60 or 70. Um, so we have to finish in the top 100. We'd like to finish in the top, you know, in the top 10. And so then if you finish in the top 100, you get, you know, judged on your, on your talent. And one band, lucky band, gets to open up for Clapton at Madison Square Garden in April. Very We'd cool. like now- it to be us. <laughs> Right. Oh, well, uh, you know, we'll actually have the website um, or the link to, to that website where people can go vote for you as well on our site. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's really not luck. a vote. You, kinda, you can leave your name every day as a supporter. You can comment. You can listen to our music. You can tweet about us. So basically, it's actually really like a buzz rating. So who, who has a better buzz rating? It's kind of silly in a way, but that's how they're doing it. So Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, well, best of luck to you. Ho- hopefully you guys, uh, you know, get some recognition and get on that bill. I think that'd be, you know, oh, gosh, that'd be great to open up for Eric Clapton, no doubt. Um, now yeah. speaking of, you know, playing arenas and being on tours, um, is there any, uh, big tours or big arenas? You know, if you had the ability to be on any big, huge tour and play any arenas, what arenas, uh, across the U S would you enjoy playing? Well, oh my God. And arenas. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Right now, we're just like thinking, you know, one day at a time. But of course, I mean, we'd love to play Madison Square Garden, you know, if uh, opportunity arose. But um, hey, why not in uh, even Soldier's Fields in our own hometown, right? In Chicago. That would be a good one. We've got a lot of good arenas out here. But you know what? For me, we like some of like, you know, the cool smaller the venues too. Or not, you know, a medium well-known like the Roxy in L.A. or on those kind of venues. um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, why not start with Madison Square Garden? So go out and vote so that can make that happen. We'd there like to go on That's, tour with Eric Clapton. Right. That would be a, a, an amazing start. Now, uh, we head into, uh, you know, kind of closing out here. We have one more track we're going to listen to tonight. Uh, I was going to ask you about Super Bowl stuff, and you're like, Dude, no, I don't know anything about football, which is fine. <laughs> That's uh, I, I pretend to know stuff about football, and we talk about it on the show sometimes. But, um 
I want to ask you, Valentine's Day is coming up. You as a woman, uh, do you have any helpful tips for the guys out there looking for uh, to get gifts or uh, any tips uh, for us gentlemen out here looking to uh, impress the ladies on Valentine's Day? Oh, look at that. Well, I would say listen to your lady. <laughs> See what they have been talking about all year. Maybe something they've been asking for or wanting. Not necessarily flowers or candy, you know. Maybe stay away from the, the typical. Maybe... Make a reservation at a a reserv- at a restaurant that she may not be ex- expecting. I don't know. Maybe hey, why not take her to a good concert after a romantic dinner? That well might be done. a good well, one. There or you, you know, go. a little jewelry does not help. Does not hurt. I should say. <laughs> yeah. No. A, I, a little bling a, bling does not hurt. <laughs> <laughs> jewelry is always uh i would say i can't miss when it when it comes to uh those events uh so I, I guess my idea of getting one of those uh fluffy armchair pillow things is probably not a good idea then huh <laughs> what is that <laughs> i i i uh I, sometimes i can't sleep so i'm up at night and i see these really weird infomercials and they have this armchair pillow thing and they show this girl cuddled up in this chair hugging this it's like a shoulder and an arm pillow and she's cuddled up in the chair with it and i'm like wow i was like that's you know that's that's definitely you know you buy it you buy a snuggie in one of those and you're set you know so. Of course. Well, who? What girl? What girl does not want a snuggie for Valentine's Day? <laughs> hey, if it's pink and fuzzy, right? So, well, uh, you know, it also is a good one. A good a gift certificate for a massage or some kind of spa treatment. I would always. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> well, uh, Lauren, uh, I believe you probably just saved my Valentine's Day. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, let's leave tonight. We have one more track. This is off the first album, All My Secrets. Uh, it is one day. Um, what can you, I mean, this is, I, I, this is a really powerful song and I want to close on this song because I don't think a lot can be said after you hear it. I, this is, uh, you know, I, I dare ask who or what this song is about. Um, I will tell you, this was an email that I had personally written to an ex of mine and <laughs> Jessica Fogel, who I mentioned before had actually, I don't know how she came upon this email. Either I had shown it to her or I don't know, but she came upon it and, She's like, I think we can make this a song. So we kind of switched up the words a little bit from the email and, you know, we put it to a song and it's pretty much, you know, this again, this is self, I think a lot of the songs are about empowerment. Um, so this one was actually about moving on and you'll see at the end, it's exactly what, what I, what I speak about. So, um, this is kind of about someone walking out of my life and me taking back my own life and making it and make it better. Yeah, he he did definitely not listen to your uh, Valentine's Day advice at all. He did not listen to that that he advice. He did not, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Lauren, it has been a pleasure uh, speaking with you tonight. Best of luck to you. And I tell you what, uh, I'll throw this out there to you, put you on the spot, I guess. So uh, I know you guys are going to record in this summer, but uh, you know, in fall or winter, at the end of the year, if you guys uh, want to uh, come back on and feature some new songs, we'd love to have you. Oh, for sure. Maybe next time we can get at least one or two of the guys to, to come back with me. We would love to. Wonderful. Well, uh, Lauren, uh, best of luck to you. And uh, the, the Lauren Wolf Band, you guys are uh, making great music. Keep, keep, uh, keep it up, and best of luck to you, and we'll be in touch. And we'll close tonight here with One Day. Thanks so much for Wolf having Band. me. Hey, not a problem. Have a good one. One day you'll know the meaning of regret
regret Sometimes first chances are all you get One day you'll miss me with all your might Till then your lies can comfort you at night One day you'll understand the mess you've made One day you'll realize your worst mistake One day you'll see what you have left behind And you'll wish you could change your mind One day done more contemplating One day you'll notice how I always stood beside you through all my mistakes That's the one mistake I did Band here on Unsigned with One Day. What a beautiful song. And again, thanks to uh, Lauren from the Lauren Wolf Band for stopping in this evening. Uh, one of one of you, great guest. Best of luck to her and her band. And uh, hopefully we'll hear back from them at some point later this year. I'm sure we will. Uh, really good stuff from them. And I tell you what, let's get into our NFL and Super Bowl preview. All star, offense. Everyone but the center. You play to win the game. 
Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. No doubt about it. Nobody's getting off the hook. It is Super Bowl 47. It's brother versus brother. Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. 49ers versus the dirty, dirty Ravens. <laughs> like I said, if the Ravens were wearing the throwback jerseys uh, Sunday, they'd be dressed as the Cleveland Browns. Look, uh, I'll, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, everyone knows that I can't stand the Ravens, and that's not the reason I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl against my better judgment. I'm picking the 49ers just because I, I just there's not a bone in my body that could pick the Ravens, even though I think this is going to be one heck of a football game. I'm going 49ers 31, or excuse me, 34 to 31 in favor of the 49ers. Keys of the game. Here we go. Uh, 49ers. With the run pass option with Kaepernick, uh, can he make the throws down the field and limit mistakes and turnovers to the Ravens' defense? That's going to come down to that. Now, on the other side of the football, can the Ravens put the ball in cool Joe Flacco's hands, spread that 49er defense out, and test their secondary down the field and on the checkdowns with Ray Rice and, and on the flats? There's, I, I just don't think Baltimore is going to be able to go into this game uh, with Patrick Willis and company and that front seven of the 49ers and expect to just ground and pound and run the ball with Ray Rice in between the tackles. That's tough sledding. That's what Atlanta's mistake was in the second half of the NFC title game. If the Ravens do that, this game could get ugly because the 49ers are stout. You're just, you're just not going to hammer away at two sledgehammers at linebacker uh, that, that the uh, 49ers have. That front seven's too good. you got to spread them out, uh, a la what the Packers did to the Steelers uh, about three years ago. They just spread them out, chuck the ball over the field, yeah, you know, with that run option, that gives you even more options with a running quarterback, and that's one of the reasons uh, I'm taking the 49ers again, 34-31 in the win over the Dirty Ravens, Super Bowl 47. And, of course, the Super Bowl ads, I'm sure, will be uh, fantastic. Hopefully they're a lot funnier than they were last year. There weren't too many funny ones that I recall. The Cheetos one, where the guy licks the guy's finger after eating Cheetos. That was a pretty funny one that I that I could recall off the top of my head. And, of course, the halftime show is Beyonce. Um, you can expect it to be uh, lip-syncing. So, there you go. So, that's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a voice-tracked halftime show. Congratulations. That sounds great. But Alicia Keys is doing the national anthem, so there is a saving grace there. Uh, if anybody can sit behind a piano and jam out a song, it is Alicia Keys. Uh, so looking forward to hearing uh, her rendition of the national anthem on Super Bowl Sunday. I'll tell you what, let's take a look at the NBA. We haven't talked to NBA in quite some time. Take a look at what's going on in the Western Conference. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Western Conference is as tough as it's been in a long time. You have San Antonio uh, in order. If the playoffs were to start today, you'd have San Antonio 1, Oklahoma City, the Clippers at 3, Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know what they're doing with the trade deadline. They're right there with home court advantage. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, they're banged up. They have some injuries now. Uh, Denver, Utah, who got blown out by 46 points by Houston last night. Uh, I can't ever recall Utah getting beat that bad at home, so I don't know if they're going to hold that spot. You have Portland, and you have the Lakers, who kind of seem to refine themselves a little bit. Uh, Kobe's playing a different role. Uh, I think the Lakers are going to be able to scrap their way and get into the eighth seed, and there's nothing better than I would like to see than the Lakers and San Antonio come late April uh, opening up the playoffs. Uh, two uh, really veteran clubs, uh, two great coaches. Uh, well, I don't know if D'Antoni's a great coach, but I would like to see San Antonio and Lakers in the opening round. That would be one heck of a seven-game series. And looking at the Eastern Conference in the NBA, what a mess. Uh, I guess um, if you can win 47% of your games in the Eastern Conference, you're in the playoffs because uh, – 
that's basically where Boston sits right now. Uh, they lose Rajon Rondo for the season to an ACL tear. They find out um, Sunday after the game, Paul Pierce, uh, after an overtime game against the Miami Heat, which they did win in Boston, ending a six-game slide, uh, they're like – the. The announcer, you know, in the post game is like, how do you feel about the news about Rajon Rondo being out for the season? And Paul Pierce had no idea. And he's just like, oh, uh, oh, well, we're just going to have to band together. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. Just completely stunned. Now, Miami, look, the, the East is Miami's to lose. It's just a matter of can the Knicks challenge him when it comes down to it and whether or not Derrick Rose can come back and be MVP Derrick Rose after such a serious, serious knee injury. Uh, very hard for a guy to do that, even at his age and his skill set. Look for the Bulls to, to make a, an effort next season for a title. Um, it's really Miami's Eastern Conference title lose. It really is. It's just a matter of who's going to come out of the West and challenge them and who who out of the West, it, when they do come out of the West, is not going to be too beat up after taking on all these great teams. You know, Miami's going to have a pretty uh, cupcake road to the finals again this year in LeBron James. Uh, hey, look, I, I don't like what he did in Cleveland the way he left it, uh, but he's the best basketball player on the planet. There's no doubt about it. And uh, is having an MVP, MVP-type season as much as it pains me to say it. And let's take a look at the movies at the box office this weekend from number 10, working our way up like we always do. Broken City at four point million. Les Miserables at $4.2 million. Gangster Squad, $4.2 million. Movie 43, Disappointing, $4.8 million. The Django Unchained at $4.9 million. The Movie Parker, which looks pretty good, at $7 million. Silver Lining Playbook at $9.4 million. Zero Dark Thirty getting great reviews at $9.7 million. The Movie Mama, uh, hey, anytime you have scary kids uh, in a paranormal set, that's creepy stuff, $13 million. And Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, made $19.6 million. And I want to just bash my head on my desk right now. I've seen the trailers for this movie. I don't know if people see the same trailers I do. This movie does not look good. Uh, people have bashed it, saying they're, you know, it looked, it's just really not a good film. I saw the trailers. I don't need you to write me a review to tell me that's probably not a great film that I want to go spend money on. But nonetheless, it was the number one movie this weekend at $19.6 million at the box office. Now, any saving grace, I guess, uh, as far as the Star Wars uh, new trilogy is that J.J. Abrams has been confirmed as the director for the next Star Wars films. He's also going to work with Michael Annette, who won an Academy Award for Little Miss Sunshine, and also former, for Lucasfilm's president, Caitlin Kennedy, will be the producer of said film. Uh, episode 7 it's set to be released sometime in 2015 with two other further installments also in the works. That's all I've got for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week, uh, we've got a, a great band for you. Uh, still working on some of the details right now. Uh, hopefully, uh, they don't end up uh, giving us the uh, the old uh, sticker there. But uh, uh, congrats to uh, the Lauren Wolf Band uh, and Lauren uh, for coming on. Uh, great guest. And uh, Mike, uh, wonderful job as always. Hey, it seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so, everybody. <laughs> 